0: You're right, guys. Welcome to Jesus Unfiltered, Durham CU's new podcast about how we make sense of Christianity in the modern world. I'm Joseph Knight, a third year studying history at Durham.
1: And I'm Judith Holmes, a second year theology student. In this podcast, we want to chat about 21st century issues in a Christian context, have a look at what the Bible has to say about them, and join in with some important conversations.
0: Today, we're joined by author, speaker and president of the Girls' Brigade, Rachel Gardner, who's here to chat with us about identity, faith and whether the West's culture of comparison can be solved by faith in Jesus.
2: My goal is not that women get to do the stuff that men do so men can't do it. The goal is that we all flourish, isn't it? We all flourish.
1: Hi Rachel, we are so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah,
2: thank you. Oh, I'm really excited to be on this podcast. Um, So my name's Rachel Gardner and I'm a youth worker. And I'd like to be a youth worker until the day I die. And I'm 99 and still be a youth worker. Um, I'm also a mum, I've got a couple of adopted kids. Um, And I'm a church planter, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker. And currently living in Preston in the northeast, the mighty north, which is not quite as north as you guys up in Durham, but it's pretty far because I grew up in London.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Rachel. Um, Cheeky plug coming up for you here, but uh, in your... Book the Goldie Construction Project. You talk about how um, we as humans, and also as Christians, become and are founded in in, in God uh, and in Christ. And um, I just wondered if you could expand on that, how that works, um, and, and yeah, and how our identity is is rooted um, in Christ.
2: I guess it's a little bit of a pushback, isn't it, against the idea that Christianity is about ticking a box on a form because somehow you've got the doctrines and the core statements lined up and you're like, okay, I can academically adhere to these doctrinal statements. So therefore I'm a Christian. I think doctrine really, really matters. And actually one of the core doctrines is that we're adopted into God's family, um, which says something about not what we think and believe, but about our status, like our actual relationship to God. So um, when I became a Christian, it was because i heard the good news of jesus i heard that he alone could save me and redeem me and transform everything but but actually my relational status changed i ceased to be an orphan and i suddenly entered a family and my my father is god the father and i have a brother who is jesus and and i have all these siblings so i think one way that we can really radically understand the absolute seismic shift that happens in us when we become a Christians is to imagine that we have been adopted into a different family. <laughs> like that would change everything, wouldn't it? Um, and so our identity, Scripture says, is our identity now is we are hidden with Christ in God. We're not. We don't become a Christian and become a better person. We become a Christian and we become a new person. And so our identity is unshakable and i guess in a in a society in a culture today that has that puts huge emphasis like no previous generations on on each individual having a very clear concise um, understanding deeply of who they are including you know how you engage with gender how you engage with sexuality race ethnicity all of that stuff actually the radical scandal of christianity is that that's not the most important or the most exciting thing about me? I happen to be straight, white, western, wear far too bright lipstick. Um, I'm in my 40s. But the most interesting thing about me is that I belong to God.
1: Mm, that's really great. Um, you were talking a bit about the shift from um becoming from rooting your identity in society to rooting your identity in Christ. Um And you were talking about how um, the most important thing becomes your identity in Christ. Does this mean that um, societal values no longer apply um, or is there a balance there somewhere? I love that word balance. Most times I
2: don't like the word balance. It just sounds a bit safe. But I I think where societal values help me live out this radical identity as God's then great um, but when it's in contradiction I need to know that it's it's okay for me to say actually I can't I can't go any further with this um, I mean it's really interesting isn't it that we we live at a time that you know never before have we cared so much for the vulnerable and the victims. so like you know just walk out on the street and I'll hear conversations about You know, who's looking out for the most poor in Preston now that that lockdown's happening again? You know, what about refugees? Like, people who aren't Christians are saying, what about refugees? What about the sex workers? Like, we have this collective idea in our nation that we should look out for the most vulnerable. Like, where does that idea come from? It comes from the fact that we believe we're all made in God's image. So actually, all of us have intrinsic worth. So that's a value I'm going to fully get behind. Absolutely. But when there's a value that says, actually... um, it's, it's most important that you consume and you, you get as, many, as much status as possible, as much stuff as possible. Actually, although that's tempting and I'm really prone, I'm vulnerable to that because I'm a human being, that's a value that I don't want to give airtime in my life. I want to monitor that one. I want to question that one and interrogate that one. Um, so I think it's about having the wisdom to know how to engage.
0: Yeah, uh, and um, I guess uh, something uh, that women in particular really struggle with is the weight of societal expectations placed on them um, by the mainstream media, by social media. Um, you know, seeing models on on Instagram and um, that kind of thing. And, and you've spoken and written about this widely, obviously, um, but like, how can uh, we as a church, as Christians help combat uh, and change these expectations that are being placed on women, you know, rather than placing yeah. more on them?
2: Yeah, it's an excellent question, don't and, and I guess it's, to me, it's fabulous that I was asked that question by, the guy because there's two of you interviewing me there's a male and there's a female and um i think part of the problem is that we tend to see these issues as women's issues um rather than humanity's issues if there's 50% more prone to hate themselves to hate their bodies to think they should be silent think they've got nothing to say think they need to wait for permission to live out the gorgeous identity God's given them that isn't that 50% responsibility to do that that is the percent the responsibility of the 100% to say why is that like what can we change so i love it joseph that you asked that question because although absolutely judith you know could ask me that question as well i think it's really important that that it, that guys and girls together work this one out and we can do that on the macro and we can do that on the micro so on the micro it is that we just make sure in things like our christian Union events our church events our stuff that we are just saying let's just make sure that we are making sure that how we set up our leadership structures how we set up our way of doing things that we are making sure everybody's thriving here there's no inherent bias against women here or against people of color that we really like not spot our privilege just to be woke but we just genuinely say if someone was to walk into this church or this cu group or this friendship group and they just looked at how we do life what would they know about us from that So that's on the micro and i think championing each other you know calling each other out when we so i remember when i was preaching at new wine a few years ago and i was preaching on the main stage and two other women were preaching on the um overflow main stages And the number of male leaders on the leadership team of New Wine that evening were saying, Whoa, it's a girls' night in. And initially we were like, Ha ha ha. ha." And then I said, Wait a minute, when it's all men preaching, nobody says, Oh, it's a boys' night in. They just say, Oh, it's church. (laughs) So I think on the micro and on the macro, so things like campaigning against the campaigns like Send Me News, speaking out about um, films or music where, where there is blatant sexualization, where people's Because sexualization is when somebody's worth is reduced to their bodies, to their sexual appeal. So it's saying whenever we see that happening, and it can happen to men too, men can feel that their worth is reduced down to their biceps, their sexual appeal, or their ability to be hyper-masculine. Like, let's not even start talking about how horrendous toxic masculinity is for men who are like, actually, I have emotions. (laughs) Where do I fit? Like, that's a whole thing we need to talk about but I think we can do that by just pushing back. Um, and and I will end because I talk too much with just this thought. The reason is not that I want, my goal is not that women get to do the stuff that men do. So men can't do it. The goal is that we all flourish, isn't it? We all flourish and that people know that, that Jesus is for them. That's my, that's the eyes and the prize. That's my prize.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the, Biggest struggles faced by our generation um, is the issue of comparison. Um, When we know that our identity is founded in Christ, how do we avoid becoming entangled in comparing ourselves to others, whether that be in society or within church?
2: Wow, that's the one, isn't it? That's the one. And I think I used to think um, that it would be linear that my identity is in Christ, like at a certain time and a certain event. And then from then on, everything else would be a lot easier because it would follow from that. And it's not a maths equation, is it? I when, when Paul talks about knowing Christ in that fantastic Philippians passage where he says, I count everything as garbage in comparison to knowing Jesus, the word that he uses means this ongoing knowledge. So he's like, I am ongoing in discovering that everything I used to think. I need to focus on to, to make me righteous is just rubbish compared to my ongoing knowledge of who Jesus is. And so I think what, what can really help is that we say, wake up in the morning and say, today I want more revelation from the Spirit, more revelation from your word Jesus of just how awesome you are, how how incredible you are, just fill my vision. Let me know who you are and, and what it means for me today to follow you and have my eyes on the prize. Because then actually that that will help getting to line these other things. And I think we can, as human beings that want to take responsibility for ourselves, we can begin to say, right, I want to learn when am I most prone to comparing myself? When does that happen? And how do I know I'm doing it? And what does that look like? And what does it do in me? And we and if we can actually own that's painful, but if we can begin to not scapegoat because that's the other thing that we do sometimes we scapegoat we say well if it wasn't for instagram i'd feel fine about myself or if it wasn't for my ex-boyfriend that dumped me i'd feel fine about myself and maybe there's truth in that like we can take responsibility and say i okay, can." i'm prone to comparing myself if at 1am in the morning i just get on insta or tiktok i know that won't take me to a good place it'll take me to a dark place so we can get to know like how to care for ourselves self-care um and pull Jesus right in there into it he's there he's all over it
0: yeah Mm, yeah and seeing as you highlighted the importance of self-care there um obviously um this kind of season is one where lots of freshers are you know going to uni moving away for the first time and obviously everything's going to be a little bit different at the moment Um, but like what advice what practical things would you give to to them because i remember when i was a fresher you know coming to the uni for the first time i remember comparing myself to all these new people that i was meeting and and being like oh you know i'm not enough because this person does this this person looks like this and and you know that's not true at all um and because i'm a christian you know my identity is in god Um, And obviously that's something that I'm struggling with and lots of other people will be struggling with, you know, but what advice would you give to these freshers who are are most likely, you know, moving for miles away from home from all their friends, meeting all these new people, you know, to avoid that toxic culture of, of comparing themselves to other people?
2: And it's a toxic culture of comparing yourself to everyone we're meeting and free alcohol. <laughs> I mean, there's something about um, the just watch how I think pay attention to how you um, respond to the discomfort it puts in you. So thank you, Joseph, so much for saying you felt unsure because the more that we know that other people that look like they would never be unsure say oh yeah yeah it was awful it was hell like the first half term i don't know where else." that it disarms that we don't feel that we're the only one that feels that well oh actually most people are feeling this so i think acknowledge straight away it's human nature whenever we go and start something new particularly university particularly a new job moving home when everything is new everything feels like different and so i think just let yourself off the hook the second one is i would say plug yourself very quickly into some key groups of people like one of the great things about uni is that you meet people who are not like you and don't think like you and that's awesome but i would say at the beginning connect yourself in with people that you think yeah, maybe it's a sports thing that we i love the sports so i'm going to join cheerleading or i'm going to join that society or i'm going to go and check out christian union or i'm going to get on you know fusion student link up and find a church i just want to find a few things that will root me in what I know about myself and help me find some people that I can resonate with, and then from that strong base, you can then just reach out to the rest of what life is. But if you start by going, I've got to fit in everywhere, I've, I've got to be amazing all the time, like by week five, you won't be able to get out of your bed, you'll think you've got COVID when you haven't, you're just exhausted. So, I think you know, just be really super wise, pep talk yourself. Um, or, or ring up Joseph or Judith because they'll pep talk you for you they'll tell you they'll tell you what it was like for them they're both nodding <laughs> you're not you're basically the message is you're not alone and you are absolutely fabulous don't be afraid don't be afraid I just know that I, as a church I'm a student leader in um for our church in in Preston and we we just get super excited in those last few weeks before um the, the new term starts and I think um, one of the great temptations at uni, particularly if you've left your home, you're thinking, I'm, I'm not just checking out uni, I'm checking out faith as well. Like, is this going to be a time when I check out of Christianity? And I would really encourage you to get yourself connected into a church, maybe one that's very different to the tradition you've grown up in. Um, and uni is a time where you will convert your life to something. Like something at uni will catch you forever, will captivate you forever. Um, and I want to really encourage you to dare to let God capture you in maybe a different way, like extend your thinking, extend the horizons of your heart and your hopes, like stir you up with new things. And I think connecting into Christian union, especially the one at Durham University, is, is an awesome start and connecting with churches that can do that with you and just love you and support you. If you're impressed then I'd invite you to our church, but I'm not there. It's too far. This identity theme is so important because we're, This side of heaven, we're never going to have this perfectly nailed, but actually what we can know, because Christ says it, is freedom in our identity as his kids, as his sons, as as God's sons and daughters. And, And as we get hold of that, like our confidence will grow and the vision for what we could do and what God could do through our lives will really grow. So make that one of your priorities, focus on
1: identity. We've both been really inspired by what we've chatted to Rachel about today. Um, If you have any more questions, feel free to go to the Durham CU website um, or check out the Instagram or Facebook page for more information. We'd love to hear from you.
0: And join us next week where we'll be talking to Tier Fund's Laura Young and Jack Wakefield about how God sees the environment, the climate crisis and what we as Christians can be doing about it.